0: Hello, citizens of the Imperium. I'm your host, Sing. With me, as always, my venerable Sigilite Varella. Hello there. And also with me, a curveball. Because no, it is not Slaves to Darkness this week that is gracing your living rooms, hobby spaces, and wherever you choose to listen to this podcast. We don't judge. Um, we're coming in. With something a little bit different, as you can tell by the title. Today we'll be covering Sigismund, the Eternal Crusader. An excellent little Great Crusade story. Not even Horus Heresy, really. I think it's classed as Horus Heresy, but a Great Crusade story from John French. Uh, Varela, why is Sigismund the best Space Marine to ever do it?
1: No. No? no? Who I... is? The, the greatest Space Marine to ever do it? Space
0: so... Marine, yeah, not Primark.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, he's a, he's a. You want to try and guess? You want to try and guess what the real answer is? Well,
0: you, I think we did this as a tweet once, a long yeah. time ago, and you said yes, again okay, who didn't. He the sat horse. in a chair and blew up.
1: Yeah, he was but, unfortunate in the Horace okay? But he but was like, the greatest. Face what did, what
0: the else face did he, face he do?
1: What did he do? He what did else did he do? That everything.
0: Was cool? Okay. What, 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 uh, I'm. I'm serious. Let's do this. Well, what else did he do in the books that was made him really cool?
1: He was cool. He doesn't need to do cool shit in the books for you to realize that he is cool. Like you know what I'm saying? He exudes cool. He is that doesn't really make you cool. the
0: goat. That makes you cool.
1: No, but but he is also the goat, bro. Well, okay. What did so he do to make himself a goat? That he managed to survive. What did golden... he do to
0: make himself a goat?
1: Okay, man. Okay, what did Sigismund do to make himself the goat? He fucking pussied out of a goddamn retaliatory fleet. That's what he, he did. He literally right? went into Let's be real. He didn't go on the retaliation fleet because he was like, "I'm gonna die on that retaliation fleet, and I don't feel like dying." Okay, let's Winning be real. Winner mentality. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. He's got, he's got went to Mars. On went to Mars USA. with a, he a went fraction to of force. Large... He went to Mars with like 100 158th Company of like the Imperial Like 50 fist, Astartes power pre- suits and like two bolters and then ran off. Okay, I mean, what did you, you see, do? king yeah, is, is a in better the... Imperial Fist. Let's be real.
0: And, I mean, you haven't actually read this book. You've done some reading I set you. <laughs> so, I guess I know why he's the goat. And I've heard that he will be, be confirmed as the goat in the Siege of Terror so i felt this is why we've done this book um, i sort of at some point was thinking oh maybe we should do like a primer to the siege but i want no i want season 9 to be over and then we just crack on with the good stuff it's what everyone's waiting for at this point i feel like a blackout library author i feel like we've just brought out a book about iron hands fighting dinosaurs and no one wanted it and they're like get on with it uh and i know you're thank you for all the support but I know you guys want us to get to the siege, want us to catch up. I mean, the next, the, the uh, I'm going to say penultimate book, unless Dan Abnett, the absolute mad lad is doing three. The penultimate book comes out in March. So, um, hopefully we'll have Wait. something to.
1: T- Wait, can, can we, can we take a step back real quick? Did you say, did you say iron hands fighting dinosaurs? Yeah. We skipped that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Man, maybe we'll mean. go back to it. Maybe I like—I wouldn't call them stinkers, because that'd be really—that'd be mean. But we can maybe go if we get a gap. We can go back and do a series of what the wider Horace Heresy reading group considers stinkers, and we can go through them and see what we think. Uh, but I was under a lot of advisement to skip. It's the same reason we didn't finish the Vulcan arc, just because I think we want we want to get one bangers only and then the siege. So that's where we're at, right? Oh, um, so
1: after the siege, we're going to have stinkers only. This seems like a that's not true because we can do the
0: <laughs> we can do the Primark series.
1: Oh, true, true, true.
0: We can do, I'm sure, some other characters. So basically, there's a Primarch series going on, which is set in the Great Crusade, and there's also like like this book, which. Classed as a Horus Heresy series, but I think it's like the Primarch series. It's more Great Crusade focused on other characters. So I think so far it's just Sigismund and Luthor have had character books, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping what it actually is is it's a First Captain series, basically sort of like the second, the Right Hand Man series. That would be very cool because I think there's a lot of characters you could do with fleshing out. Um, yeah, like, we need a
1: Targetai gay book. Like yesterday. Come on. Well, wouldn't you
0: want um a. a, a what's his name? Quinn's Arbuck? You, you literally had like yeah. five pages of screen time.
1: Yeah, that's why I prefer a Target to y- yesterday. But, but we've had loads
0: of it. What's he going to do? Sit in another chair?
1: Yes, and blow uh, goddamn blow heads up. off. <laughs> no, okay. he's going to blow heads off from that chair because he's the goat.
0: Hmm. I feel like yesterday's been pretty well explored. I'd quite like to see Raldoron, because I think ralderons He looks like Soap McTavish. <laughs> in theory, he's a badass. I mean, we're we are we're speaking from a position of a lack of knowledge. He may well ki- like also pop off in the siege, because he'll be there. The Blood Angels are there. The White Scars are there, but... Um, are there any characters left apart from the Khan?
1: Wait, uh, for, wait, for from the White Scars,
0: yeah, like notable characters that I, I guess the Thousand Suns guy they picked up, like the honorary <laughs> White Scar, that's it, <laughs> right? Yeah, that that
1: would be cool, yeah. I was thinking more about other um legions though, like I was thinking, oh, what's his name? I... Oh, uh, Rylanor, like before he became interred in the Dreadnought that'd be that'd be cool. It, right?
0: Because yeah. no one, no one wants an idol on book. Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah, fuck that guy. The, I, take Sol- that guy? I
0: take a take a Saul Tarvitz book. Tarvitz I, I feels like Saul Tarvitz and Lucius. Are, Lucius is quite well explored. I feel like we've, like, we we know what's up with him because he's he's like the whole his whole thing is he's like as deep as a puddle. Yeah, but so, he,
1: he used to not be like that, right? Like, there's a a few hints.
0: Maybe a, yeah. I mean, he's introduced as button. a knob. Yeah but, it's like, rising. yeah, but
1: it's. Yeah, but Saul Tarvitz is always thinking, like, oh, he didn't he used to be like this. Like, yeah, you know so that'd
0: happening. be cool. Yeah. Rylanor, Tarvitz, and Lucius, maybe? Like a little. Because you could have multiple characters, but you have a headline character. It could be Rylanor.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get Graham McNeil to write all three of them so it becomes weird or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, um, I was trying to think of an Ultramarines one, but I'll be honest with you, mate. I give up. Um, I like him um, in Heresy. Marius Gage is kind of cool, but. None of them are like, oh, this would be really interesting. Maybe Aynid feel.
1: Oh, Marius Gage is in 40k as well.
0: Yeah. I, um, I was speaking about that yesterday. I mean, we're, we're a little bit off topic. We'll get to a 10 minute mark. We'll start talking about the book. <laughs> um, Marius Gage. I was speaking to someone on a, in our Discord about this because I understood that McCrag's honor was like, because I don't remember. I don't know how they did it, Um. I'm under the impression that the way that Kadia being blown up was announced was through Battlefleet Gothic too. Maybe they did a book as well, but I was always under the assumption and, and the McCrags Honor was in that game. Yeah. And Gilliman had it as his flagship in the Indomitus Crusade. But the last we saw of it was it was off in the warp. And I know there was actually the only Horace Heresy graphic novel ever made covers is like a so like a graph a comic covering what happened to them at crag's honor um which looks kind of cool i use the artwork from it quite a lot it's quite cool um but yeah other legions Khan uh, i take a khan book all day before he had the nails
1: oh come on man he's just gonna have a rhino in his chest or something so
0: khan's actually, khan's in this book <laughs> um
1: oh yeah right he is
0: uh khan is in this book Khan and the Khan. The Khan laughs in this book.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a, you know, he's a, a, he's a joyous. Boy. Color, I think Sanguinius
0: you know? he's he's uh, Eleanor vibing with Sanguinius and Magnus, and he, he has a nice old chuckle. Um But anyway, okay. So Oh and then uh, Araman's kind of been done to death in 40k. Skip Thousand Suns.
1: Oh no, but like the um, the guy the the equerry to Magnus though that guy okay, would might be interesting, you know.
0: Ooh, would you? Who would you have from the Sons of Horus?
1: Wait, give me Malachis, a I got sneeze.
0: Malakus, a twisted Abaddon, Malachis or a character who actually gets a lot of page time in this book, Sejanus. Oh, Sejanus is in this book a lot, and um. I think it works quite well because, obviously, he is what kicks off the start of Horus Rising in the first place by dying uh, <laughs> on 6319, way yeah. back. W-
1: wasn't there someone somewhere that said that if Sigenis, Sir Jennings was still alive, the Horus heresy would never have happened?
0: Probably. Like Harambe. <laughs>
1: yeah, True. Flashpoint of everything bad from twenty sixteen
0: onwards. The, uh, the, the split off point where we diverge from the timeline. Yeah, Harambe and Harambe is uh, yeah, and uh, Sejanus in the Horus Heresy. <laughs> um So, so yeah, this this book, this book is also really intimately tied to Horus Rising. First off, I'll say by saying it is a a great book, I would instantly class it as a banger. Uh, if I was to rate it, it's a bit more of an informal episode, but if I, if I was to rate it, it'd be in the nines, it'd be a nine point one, eight, seven, eight, six, four.
1: Uh, just admit it. You're a simp.
0: I, I mean, it's difficult, right? Because respectfully, some authors get certain legions. And some authors do not, and sometimes you need patch notes. So sometimes the Imperial Fists are a bit bland. Now, John French is is, is what Chris Rate is to the White Scars. John French is to Imperial Fists, and um, Sigismund, you know, the, he writes the Imperial Fists' faults and all, though. So obviously, he wrote he wrote in. The my my the character that I dislike the most in this entire series which is Alexis Pollux. Uh, he made uh, that happen. He made he made Floppux, and I don't. I, it baffles me to this day how people look at Fowl and are like, "Wow, huh. Really showed them I am warriors. I mean, did you?
1: What an ingenious maneuver!
0: <laughs> did you? You got into, you know, could have. Like destroyed them all. Um, really? I I would argue that perhaps John went. I don't know. Do you do you think? I mean, you didn't even read that though, did you? Because we did it as a short story episode, yeah, <laughs> uh, and not show sort short story because it's a novella, which is kind of like this one. Um, and I was like, has oh, he done too much? Like, I just feel I just I just feel like you wouldn't even an Imperial fist would probably just be like, fuck it, I'm just gonna leave Dawn on red for another hour.
1: Uh, I I do love this character development right here that we're that we're witnessing. Well I'm pretty sure in that in that episode you staunchly defended Alexis Pollux and you're yeah, just I, I, slowly want
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've come full circle, man. Uh I wanted to back him. This is the thing, though. Cooler Imperial Fists have come along, so I can throw him under the bus now.
1: No, now, true, true. I know he's,
0: oh, now I know he's the worst of them. Uh, where is he? I still don't know. Every, I think every couple of episodes I ask where is he. I I have a feeling he's going to turn up at the end of the siege with oh. Gilliman.
1: No. No, please. I, can you just be I, stuck on soda, With the a- Oh, uh, I think the emperor is going
0: to trip over him on the vengeful spirit uh, get, <laughs> and get beaten up by Horus as a result.
1: That's how the emperor gets like the emperor strikes down Horus, but Horus like falls on top of the emperor because the emperor got tripped up by him
0: by Pollux and the emperor yeah. just takes all the all the flak from casting Horus into the warp. Yeah, that'll be it. Sorry, oh oh, leak, I accidentally <laughs> leaked to the end of the book. Um,
1: that's the big reveal that um, people were talking about. Like, oh, it's not going to be exactly the same. It's going to be fucking Alex.
0: Alex is Pollock fumbling the bag yet again. <laughs> um, so this book, which is about Sigismund, um, ties back to Horace Rising because it is all about um, a remembrancer called Voss who goes to speak to Sigismund purely because of that one-off line. Well, one of, you know, because Sigismund appears in Horus Rising if you cast your mind way back and is actually, is a very cynical character in that book, right? Because he's, yeah, like, he's like, because he says, the world will never end. Yeah. So it's yeah. remembrance. So he's like, what's up with that? So he's go he goes and he asks Sigismund, he meets and the the remembrance of us as the book develops you learn that he is uh he was the remembrancer or sorry he was the man responsible for the remembrances becoming a thing and he was the first remembrancer basically he was like this rich kid his rich dad and his son went off to join the great crusade died and so he takes he blows all his money on getting a sh- getting on a ship and basically just becoming like a war watcher and writing and then inevitably starts writing about it and and that's where the order of remembrances comes from because he thinks like oh this is quite a good idea and he starts petitioning all the way up to the top for it to happen but he literally was like you know because this used to happen in the Napoleonic times you know people would just follow you had like fans. <laughs> of the army, because um, and because like Napoleonic battles were so predetermined, people like there were those people, and then people would know that the battle was going to happen, so they'd just go and sit on a hill out the way and watch, like families on a day out, it's would just, go and watch the battles. It's just
1: groupies, but instead of like just getting drunk and banging the the victors, they just get <laughs> they just get struck by a random cannon. They
0: just get rampant PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. He's, and so he finds himself. So he he's quite, as you learn through the book, he's he knows a lot of people. So the book starts and he gets on a Thunderhawk and they're on this world that needs compliance. And uh, he's looking for Sigismund. He needs to fly to him. And he gets on board a Thunderhawk and all these space like Imperial fists are like, what are you doing? So basically like he's questioned, he's allowed on. Uh, he has the correct authority, but all the Imperial fists on board this Thunderhawk are like, we're about to like fly into a mountain full of war. You don't, why is this guy here? But Fafnir Ran is in there. Um, Fafnir, who we don't really know. Well, when did Fafnir appear for us? I think in Praetorian of Dawn, he has a yeah. little, he has a cameo.
1: Yeah, he just shows up for a bit, goes like, haha, I am definitely not a space wolf in disguise, and yeah. then he buggers off.
0: Yeah. Fafnir is a is a happy consequence of uh what seems like a baby switch at the Apothecarian. Uh <laughs> and he was Who well, what well, well, who was it? Was it Yesugei who was meant to be a son of Horus? Was it? No. Who who was that? That was in a book.
1: It was um it was H- Hibukan no not Hibukan, it was Shabankan?
0: Yeah, that was yeah. Is, I'm not he, I'm not sure like, I'm he, gonna look it up. He was like the entire time. He did all the he did all this training under the, uh, you know, under the guys that he would be slotted as a lunar Wolf, and then at the last minute, like, sorry mate, full, not tonight, not tonight, mate, not your night. Sling your hook and try to try the white scars. Basically, my, my,
1: my first guess was right. By the way, it was Hebeokan, not Khan. Okay, there you go. Fair
0: enough. Um, and so so yeah, so. Fafnir Ran is there and Fafnir is used to sort of disarm the situation and show that this remembrance uh, he knows that he knows a lot of people because he knows Fafnir and he cracks a joke with Fafnir. And Fafnir is like an imperial fist, but he smiles. So uh none of the none of the Sigismund does in this book as well, like that it's a big deal that he smiles, but Fafnir, he loves a girl, he's got a cheeky grin, so they fly and they meet Sigismund and they're like, well, you know, why have you developed this train of thought? And that sets in motion, basically the remembrance of prompt Sigismund to sort of think like, Oh, you know, maybe was it this, is there any sort of memories that you have that make this, this reasoning? Like, do you want it to be the, the case? Do you need it to be the case? And that's where, we get and basically we go through flashbacks so sigismund uh basically starts as a um i don't think he is anything but he's living out on this in this like scrap heap waste on terra so, terror. Uh,
1: so uh, b- before before you go on <laughs> I, I i have pulled a, a, an alexis Pollux, uh i mean not me production production did it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For real, for real, it's not Hibu Khan, it's not Shaban Khan, it's Torgon Khan. There you go.
0: Is that who goes on to be in the Sadin Mazar? Yes, the bad uh, the bad white yes. scars.
1: The Sagin Mazar, oh, yeah. Oh,
0: that's crazy. Remember when half your legion turned traitor?
1: Yeah, but then they be- they came back because they saw the greatness of lost. the Because they lost. No, yeah. because they saw the greatness of the Khan. The Khan literally popped up and they were all like, oh my god, what are we so, doing?
0: Yeah, so they lack conviction.
1: No, they have too much conviction.
0: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> but yes, uh, Sigismund, orphan in the middle, in the middle of some metal.
0: <laughs> That's right. And uh, I don't really know what to expect from Sigismund, but he's he is actually quite a big. He's quite a survivor at the start of this book, really. But also cares for the people he's with. So these gangers are hunting him. You have a nice snack there, mate. Oh, sorry. No. That's okay. What you got?
1: No, I was just messing with some tape that I have here in the in the cupboard.
0: Oh, okay, the production tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um I'll let, I'll let you I'll let you crack on with that. Um <laughs> So he's basically these gangers come down from the mountains and hunt poor little scrap children, and there's no adults for some reason, like a, in a true coming of age movie. Um, so Sigismund, Sigismund is like sort of one of the main protectors of this this group. Who and a lot of them are like little kids, but this is Warhammer, so they're they're not safe and uh he's got he's got a mate who's also quite strong and basically you got to sort of imagine a scene is uh it's lightning it's raining uh it's got all the signs of being a cool showdown and so Sig- Sigismund has sends away his friend group to go and um you know to sort of slip back Towards where the gang has come from. Because so it's like, well, that's the last place they'd expect you to be. And Sigismund basically goes to town on these guys with like a lead pipe. Wait a and... second.
1: That's not how the wiki goes. You're, okay. you're, you're that's a wiki oh, girl I'm, I'm calling Cap. So they all hide together, right? In a little hideout. And, yeah, uh, in the rock. Yeah, yeah. And the girl, Thera goes like, ah, I, I have beaten the gangers once, I'll beat him again, but she's wounded because she beat the gangers once, right? Right. So, she goes out, and then the gangers go like, oh, come out and face us cowards. After, like, after a while, Sigismund, like, gets up, like, oh, I'm just a kid, I'm gonna die, but oh, well, if not me, then who? He goes outside, she's, she's goddamn dead, he picks up the pipe, and then he goes to town, all
0: right Okay. We're <laughs> We've achieved the same result
1: well true he goes to town
0: goes to town and while this is happening there's something out there in the sky like we're in the Nevada desert uh there's strange lights in the sky and kicking about um, but there's no time to really think about that so Sigismund's just beating on uh these gangers there's sort of like a boss battle and at the end, this strange light comes down and it's this giant thing. was like, what is that? And that was kind of interesting to me because he, like, lives on terror, but he's never seen an aircraft before.
1: I mean, he's probably seen it before, just not that close, right?
0: No, he's, like, got, like, no... He doesn't have... He doesn't know what it is.
1: Oh, maybe it's because it's dark and he's, like, blinded by the light.
0: I know. I- well, I was under the impression that he, like, lives in a just middle of nowhere where no one wants to live, and therefore nothing goes overhead. So he hasn't seen a spaceship before.
1: I mean, it's also like, you know, how uncontacted tribes just have no real idea. Well, most of them do, but like some of them have no real idea of what like airplanes and shit are, even though they fly over all the time. Might be the, just the same thing. It's like, oh, it's just a really far away bird. You know, that okay. Makes a
0: lot of noise. You, you, <laughs> you know, I'm re. I read, I read the book, and it comes down, and he's like, "What is that?" So, I don't know what to tell. You. All I'm saying is, he's never, he's never seen anything like it before.
1: Really, do be out here.
0: He he, he does. Now, in your reading, did it say anything about who these Space Marines were? Because that's something you find out later in the book.
1: Uh, well, they're they're imperial
0: first, right I ha- i'd have to Mm-mm. assume no so that's kind of interesting now he goes through the process um won't go, t- won't go too much through that basically gets shipped to because he's like he's early on so i think i don't even know if he, he he has knowledge of the emperor and like the uh unification wars because he lives so in the middle of nowhere but basically These Space Marines have been what like watch the fight. They don't intervene. They're literally like, uh, if that Ganger had killed Sigismund, they'd have taken the Ganger. But Sigismund won, so they take Sigismund, and he goes through the process becoming a Space Marine on Luna. So he's um, under the knife of the Gene Sisters.
1: Do you Isn't know it them, the Gene do... Covens or something?
0: Sure. i mean, yeah, it's like fine, they're that. mainly women all, if not all women. Um and they clone themselves. Right. Camino yeah. on the moon. Space Camino. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for for real, for real. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what Camino is.
1: Yeah. It's two hundred thousand units and a million more while on the way. Good. <laughs>
0: Good. Whew. Now, expert level, who commissioned the clone army?
1: Who commissioned the clone army? Yeah. Exar Kun. Who? Isn't it Exar Kun that does it?
0: Well what's that? It's uh well I mean, we've we got to expert level, so it's okay to be wrong. It only proves that you're not lost to the nerd just yet. It's uh it's Count Dooku, isn't it? Count Dooku under the guise of a je- de- a Jed Deadeye, uh, a dead Jedi <laughs> called Sifo Diaz.
1: Oh, Seiford yeah. Diaz. Yeah. I'll... Wait, was it? Damn. All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's say it
0: was. Um. Anyway, so Susan goes through this process. Uh, and later on in a great crew, so he goes to in his first ever battle, he's like he's got this sergeant, and he's uh, like a great. I I reckon he's a Unification Wars veteran. He's got a prosthetic arm, and they go and they fight on this planet uh that is basically just using demon work like but they've got witches basically they've got witches and they use they like make singularities and there's these clouds of electric black hole death and reanimation and it's all the crazy stuff's happening and i feel like a legion like the imperial fists you'd you just don't really... They're probably not the ideal legion to go up against warpfuckery. Um, because they don't carry much warpfuckery themselves. And luckily, as this is happening, some other ships arrive. And I couldn't place what legion it was going to be at first. Um, and it's cool callback. So it's the Warhounds... Yeah. So so the world eaters before Angron come in and just tear it up. And like, it's this really cool moment in the book where Sigismund and, and Fafniran who are basically like squaddies together, new guys, are like, oh shit. They let the wolves... They let the, they let the dogs out. Uh, and then they start singing, who let the dogs out. It's a pretty yeah. cool part of it. It's my yeah. favourite part of the book.
1: You know, they found uh, they found um, Malkador's personal rap collection. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like the... Unfortunately, uh, Jonathan Keeble narrating this has a tantrum and refuses to sing it. Uh, and it's a whole thing and he storms off and you have to skip to another part of the uh, audiobook for him to come back. <laughs> um, yeah, so they come down and they just start tearing it up. Uh, and Sigismund actually shows... He gets put under the cosh by a, a witch and he shows enough psychic resilience to defy the witch and reveal it and then proceeds to smash it in the face. Uh, okay, which is quite cool.
1: You're mentioning a, what is a human, essentially, as a nick Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah well, well, we're on that Imperium timeline, man. <laughs> but I don't, I, uh, it's a he, actually. It's a male witch. So holy shit he... witcher Witcher, yeah um but uh so he, he kills he kills the witch and and then basically in the aftermath of that night lords arrive and they're like off you fuck we we are in con- control here and this is a big theme throughout this book is a l- the conflict for the most part is looking at how the legions interact with each other in the Great Crusade and the problems that that arise when legions clash. And who's if someone jumps into the system, which is slightly higher up the chain, they can basically undo uh, everything. So the Night Lords arrive and are like, technically, we've got authority, mate. So jog on. <laughs> yeah, mate, like a tree and fuck off. And uh, but basically, the Night Lord says the line, oh, we have come for you. And Sigismund goes flashback within a flashback. And that's what's said to him by um, by the Space Marines that take him all the way back on Terra. So it's revealed that the Night Lords, I think probably pre they liked to hunt and this, but this was back in the day where everything was very normalized. So even though that legion picked him up, he was ultimately shipped off to become a Imperial fist, um, which I think is quite cool, but I, it means he has a lot of resentment for the night Lords because he never wanted to, to be, he just wanted to be left alone. He never wanted to be a space Marine. Uh, and, and it's uh, early on, he's just like, he has to come to terms with it and actually become a team, actually be a team player. Because I think on his way to what must be inwit for his training as an Imperial Fist, he's teamed up with Ran and another Space Marine and they've got to fight like Servitor Apes. It's like something out of the Hungry Games. They've got a maze of Servitor Apes on the ship they're on. that's like their training. And Sigismund is just not functioning as part of a team and they keep losing so Fafni tells them to get it together it's too, you know you're a, you're an absolute death machine now and you've got a job to do and, it's, and there's no point looking back so let's go for it and that's how uh, that's sort of how Sigismund games Clarity of Focus
1: That's how they kill Servitor Arambe and it all uh-huh. changes
0: and everything <laughs> goes downhill from there yeah. Um, so so it's it's a really interesting sort of opening third cuz Sigismund is you cuz you know I'm sure you probably agree with this from the outside looking in every imperial fist probably feels like they like rush to the recruitment office and throw themselves at the feet of Rogal Dawn and say please pick me. Oh,
1: um, no, they don't rush to the office. They form an orderly line and yeah. wait for their turn. Which is uh, even more boring.
0: I don't know if we've actually seen that happen, because Archimus is... not Archimus gets like pulled out of prison to get recruited, right? As a kid?
1: Does he? I don't know. I don't
0: All the know way that. back in Praetorian of Dawn, he's on Inwit? Yeah, that... it
1: had Dorne in the title. I don't really remember much.
0: It's, yeah, well, I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> good book. Um, and... He can, he can have a book as well, Archimus. Archimus can have a book. True, true, true. Head of, of the Huskals. Uh, that come on, Praetorian of Dawn is a good book. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Because first of all, it's an Alpha Legion book. It's not an Imperial Fist book.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And it's literally like the opening sequence is the Alpha Legion conducting a, an attack on the, inside the Imperial Palace and like specifically blowing up every Primarch statue. It, not very Alpha Legion thing to do that, mind. Because all of the Imperial Fists are like, right, who is it? Is it is it the Sons of Horus? Are they here? And it's like, oh, well, they've blown up every statue of the Primarchs except Alpharius and Dawn. So I'm going to go with Alpha Legion.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but isn't that like kind of their deal? Like at some point they reveal themselves and it's just, like the hopelessness that they're, you know they're there, but you can't do anything mm. about it. That's part
0: of that's their a point. Yeah, that's fair. Um the sort of perhaps arrogance yeah. of the Alpha Legion. They get they get a little bit too cocky. Um but yeah, so Sigismund, Sigismund is not he doesn't doesn't really want to do it at any stage, but by the time he he's never given a choice, you know. Um I think he's dragged, you know, he's dragged onto the Thunderhawk and then he basically wakes up on the operating tape. Well, that's not true. I think he's then made, he's basically in like little space Marine selection camp and there's like hundreds of kids and you've got to make it to through like this maze or you won't get fed and it's really difficult. So he just keeps going hungry and then he finally gets it together um, and he starts getting fed and he figures it out and he proves his worth as a survivor and then goes on and gets strapped to a you know a surgery table on luna and he's like do I really have a choice and i'm like oh, no. Um, uh no oh
1: dude i just had an epiphany by the way like complete off topic here but i just realized who fafniran got switched with at their nursery who it was bjorn it yeah, was bjorn goddamn is... bjorn
0: <laughs> bjorn is not very space wolfy
1: yeah, Bjorn is very imperial fisty. Even
0: he's quite honourable in he when he because shoot, he, he shoots down Casper Hauser and then goes and gets him to make up for his mistake. I feel like a other space wolf would be like, well, Casper Hauser is a survivor. i
1: will earn this. Figure Fenris. it out. Or do on the
0: job training, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, see what Fen. See if he can survive Fenris. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But Bjorn also looks very space wolfy.
1: Uh, yeah, but then again, he's on Fenris, so like can he really help it? I don't think so.
0: That's just the atmosphere. The atmosphere yeah. of Fenris enhances your facial hair growth.
1: Yeah, it's the whole oh, okay. it's the whole the power of Fenris gives me psychic powers thing, but it actually just makes you grow facial hair and top yeah. knots and shit.
0: Nice. And yeah, so the sort of second phase of the book is Sigismund becoming a Templar, which is really interesting. So, um, he gets basically the phalanx arrives and he gets the opportunity to go onto the phalanx during sort of some downtime of a great crusade. And the so the Templars are actually it's kind of a weird one, right? It it you know it's a strange thing, and it's happened for a couple of units in the Horus Heresy. Um, so another one that comes to mind. I don't think they're mentioned in any books. They might be. But are the Crimson Paladins for the Blood Angels? So like the Blood Angels special Terminator unit in Horus Heresy, and the Templars. It's like, oh well, what's their gaff? Uh, what's their deal? And it's like, oh well, they guard the temples. And it's kind, of... oh, they
1: guard so the why... temples and they are like swords.
0: And it's like, why, why, you know, it's kind of like, oh well, why are they being fielded everywhere then? It's you know, it's kind of weird. It's like. I feel like the Templar should have been, and 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 it is sort of said obviously it's like oh well you know we go and do we leave the temple for this reason, but it's kind of why why are they not just oh yeah these are our major badasses that we send to go and kill everyone, you know also, so oh here's, are here's all here's all our you know here's all our best swordsmen, and we keep them in an impregnable space fortress, in case anyone decides to come on board. You know, and basically the only people who are gonna likely break in is uh other Imperial Fists. So Sigismund goes he basically after that battle where he meets the Warhounds and the the Night Lords, he goes onto the Phalanx and he gets to go to the Temple of Oves to recite the names of the squad members he's fallen. He like carries their names with him to the to the temple and he's like, oh these guys look pretty fucking Metal, mate. All um, oh, right,
1: because he's the only survivor, right? Uh
0: I mean, his sergeant dies. I'm pretty sure his sergeant rolls a one on his plasma <laughs> pistol. Wait, and
1: did it blow up?
0: I think so. Um, <laughs> I think he's like his gun blows up and then he dies um, to a singularity that the witch has sent down. And so Fafnir's is there. I think Faf. I think no. I think a lot of his squad survived, but. Several die, and him and Fafnir take those squad members' names, sort of their memories, to the temple to recite their names. He's like, these Templars seem pretty cool, so he comes and he, um, he sits down with the. He goes to a temple doors one night, because they have night in the phalanx. Um, he goes and he and he kneels and he says, "Can I come in? I want to be a Templar." And they're like, "No, fuck off!" and uh, he's like, well, I'm not in your temple, so you can't kick me out. I'm just going to sit here, uh, <laughs> basically. Um, no, that's not true. But uh, yeah, he basically he he sort of sits there every night, and in the day. So in the, the day, he's going about his duties, and then he literally will go and he like sits for, you know, kneels. I say sit, he kneels for all night for months. I think, if not weeks, maybe months. But Bro, and... wait, wait,
1: wait! Isn't that like that? Uh, oh, who was it? There, there was um, in one of the early books, someone um, who just walked up. Like it, it was a bunch of kids that walked up to this uh fortress, like while it was snowing and shit, and they had to stay. Uh, in it's the dark uh,
0: angels. I remember that. Yeah, like Zahreal yeah, yeah, yeah. and Nemiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just have to vibe outside until they let in. Yeah. So, So, like that. And he basically has to learn his trade. He gets picked up, basically, by this guy called Appius, who's like the Legion's weapon dude. And he is basically trained in that and sort of gets taught a lot of the principles he's gonna carry on into the heresy. And um when what orders is that happening? I I don't know. I kinda of gets tra- I'm thinking he kinda of gets trained. And then he has to go and yeah, he has to go and like stand in a what one night he finally gets sort of Oh, he's done enough, and he goes to. Um, he goes to the door, and there's like twelve Templars there, and he has to fight one of them to get in, and uh, he's allowed in. Basically, he gets he gets uh He gets to become a. Become a Templar, and one of the things that is taught to him is. It's basically this weird anecdote about cuts. It's like, you know, uh, a thousand cuts to make eternity. I didn't really get it. Sigismund seemed to, so I won't question it, because Sigismund needs eternity, to go... Get eternity, huh? It's kind of like, you've got to keep chipping away to get to your end goal, I think is basically was basically the message. And he uses it very coolly later on. And I kind of hope you didn't see this part in the reading, because it was the coolest part of the book, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, now something that happens is, so he goes on and he's like a Lieutenant and he's in the Templars and he gets, so I I know that in the reading I gave you, it kind of cuts about a little bit because there's this book and then there's a short story that I've never even read. Um, but I know what happens in, called like the Templar of Oaths where Sigismund becomes the first captain of the Imperial fists and the, and the master of the Templars where he has to beat every Templar. Yeah. Um, 200 Templars. uh, Yeah. The last one being a Templar dreadnought. Um,
1: Who is that Appius guy from earlier? Who is
0: Appius? Yeah. Um, So that doesn't happen in this book. And uh, a lot of what's in the reading sort of a whole he there's a second Great Crusade campaign that the book covers and he's a lieutenant. He's not he's not done this challenge yet. Um and then in the book it's just sort of like, oh he's a master of the uh of the Templars. Later on it sort of introduces, reintroduces Sigismund. Um so the other one is a really cool I don't know how to feel about this. It was quite interesting, but basically the Astrani campaign where the Astrani are like I don't know they're they're like they kind of like mechanicum but they're a bit more into humanity. They're sort of they're clearly like a tech enclave that got cut off during old Yeah,
1: they they're literally called the Asrani Machine Empire.
0: Mm. So all their fight and they're all in like it's like a caste system. So all their fighting is done by these guys called the Emissary class caste. Which is a bit disarming, right? Cuz it's like oh They've sent some emissaries to come and see us. And he just gets <laughs> shot in the face.
1: War crime uh-huh. moment.
0: So Sigismund is ambushed early on in this campaign and is recovered by Sir Janus of the Lunar Wolves. Now, this. Do you know what, man? It never gets old that this guy is not a knight called Sir Janus. <laughs> uh, it's. Ser- <laughs> Sejanus, all one word. Uh, but yeah, he gets picked up and basically this campaign's a big deal and it's things have not been going well so it's kind of it's interesting because it's primark politics because basically Ferris Manus, Horace Lupercal, and Rogaldorn have all sensed the opportunity to lead a really cool victory here basically and they've all sort of got there at the same time so now it's kind of like, oh right well how do we do it? and Ferris Ferris, who we don't really, we haven't really seen, especially on the podcast, we've barely seen him. Um, He's very arrogant. He's aggressive. I wouldn't say arrogant, aggressive, and he's just like, I want to destroy this whole this whole gaff. They've the fighters, they got to go, and Horus.
1: Wait, that's not true. That's the other way around. (laughs) According to the wiki, anyways.
0: Wiki's wrong then. The reading is incorrect.
1: Oh, no, I'm just bad at reading. Okay. Yeah.
0: Good, okay. I'll remember that when I'm marking your work later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Ferris is very aggressive, wants to destroy them all. Mainly, and it's interesting, so it's because they're an affront to the Mechanicum, and by declaring that, Ferris gets the backing of the Mechanicum, and because the Mechanicum do their own thing, he's got more... by by having the Mechanicum on side, he has more leeway in what to do with a situation. Dawn is like, maybe we shouldn't be such a massive mega knobhead to these people um, and try and slow things down a little bit. And Horace is like, I want to hear what Sigismund thinks, because that's why we brought him here in the first place, you crybabies. And it's like, wow, this guy would be really good at being in charge of other Primarchs. I'm sure hope that hasn't come to bite us in the ass later. Uh, <laughs> what's this book series called again? And, uh, so he he goes down the middle, and Sigismund basically so Janus is like right. So you've said that we should be more tactile and be a bit more hands off, which is the opposite of what Ferris said. So Ferris fucking hates you now, and also you've done exactly you've gotten you've got Horus to agree to exactly what Dawn wanted because you're a little daddy's boy. And Sigismund's like no I'm not. And he's like, well, I mean, you're literally like, he's your dad. So you're going to have the same opinion. And he knew that. So he's kind of used you to play Ferris. And so he was like, oh, okay, well, it's still my opinion. So it doesn't matter if it's the exact same as my uh, Primarchs, because, you know, that just means my Primarchs are done. Yeah, and... I definitely
1: didn't get gaslit into this opinion by my yeah.
0: Primarchs. <laughs> um, so he ends up. At the end of all of this, uh, having to fight, um, basically Ferris really guns for Sigismund, and he has to fight an Iron Hand at the end of a campaign um, to sort of settle it on settle it settle this on the court. Um, so he fights an Iron Hand called Foss, who basically. Fights exactly like an Iron-, Iron Hand would, and this kind of this is sad because I feel like if I was to collect another army, for example, if an Isvan Five campaign book comes out, you know what I am going to do, Varella? What are you going to do? Gonna make a small portion of the ten thousand Morlocks that were on that we're on what the Are
1: Black
0: you going to make like a thousand or so of them? Yeah, I'll do ten percent of the uh, <laughs> of the force, um, but that so I you know I like the Iron Hands and I think they're cool um, and they're actually quite they're very close to the iron warriors in the sense of like they really don't tolerate failure very well um anyway Foss basically beats the crap out of Sigismund and Sigismund sort of uses so it's really I was like because it's like Sigismund's like blocks a blow of the mace with uh by holding like out his sword and he's got like his he's got his clenched fist on like the hilt of his sword so the iron hand just smashes that in and like the his gauntlet like merges into his fingers because it's beaten so badly, so he's just got like metal shards and mushy fingers. Uh, and he still, because he is the goat, still manages to get like a one up and defeats the Iron Hands.
1: He just swapped hands,
0: bro. <laughs> Maybe, but basically, it's pretty cool. He's got like he's got the sword in the mouth of the Iron Hands, basically, uh, and is like, Yield. And Ferris Mannes comes down. He's like, you know, he'll die if I. He won't yield unless I tell him to. And Sigismund's like, come on, man, this was like the whole reason for this. Don't be a sore loser. Ferris is like, you're right. You are the goat. And he tells Foss to yield, so that Sigismund doesn't have to kill Foss. Um, And that ends the sort of Iron Hands part. And it's, but it's interesting because it's intelligent politics. Now, this part you are gonna like. I'm I'm blasting through it, but I know this part you'll like. So the next part of Sigismund's career, uh, he goes on secondment to the now World Eaters, where he meets Khan. And this is obviously the World Eaters now, so they're all incredibly more schizophrenic than they already were. They've all got the butcher's (laughs) nails in. And he goes there. Basically, a couple of Primarchs have had... So this is kind of before... The Emperor is the Emperor, right? He's not he's just letting people do their thing. Uh, I assume in some level, he's commanding the great crusade. This is pre-Olenor, but other legions are sort of like, this guy is a maniac and we need to try and fix his legion. So Dawn and Gilliman send representatives. Uh, So there's like an ultramarines company and two Templars go on secondment to the world eaters um, in an effort to try and rub off on them a little bit. Obviously this works exceptionally well uh and the world is are save they all take the uh they everyone has the uh the butcher's nails removed the emperor changes his mind removes his Angron's butcher's nails and uh that's why obviously angron helps kill horus on the vengeful spirit at the end of the horus heresy of course uh, no unfortunately this doesn't happen but there is Wait, a scenario what? there's a great crusade battle basically these humans are, these rebels are, are battered they're basically beaten and the Ultramarine's captain Sigismund and his buddy and Khan go to meet with this human commander. And they're like, you've done, you've done really well. So you stop fighting now and we'll take you in and you can fight for us. Cause you're a really cool guy. And he's like, but you're just going to ship me off to the arse end of the galaxy. I'm not going to have anything to do with this planet that I fought so hard for ever again, stuff you and Sigismund. And then, so the Khan is like, uh, so Khan, sorry, not Ve Yeah, I don't know what to say. Khan is like rum, rum, as he pulls up on the front of his rhino, and it's actually a land raider. We need to clarify that. <laughs> he actually got re- Loken pushed him into a land raider. I, re- I reread that recently. Wait, hey, for real, damn, bro. Yeah. So even bigger, even bigger model. <laughs> his new model's gonna cost way more money now. Shame.
1: No, um, no, it's because it was a special occasion. Usually, it's a rhino
0: usually it's a rhino yeah, 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 yeah. she so pulls up on his rhino. <laughs> meet me and he um he uh basically says do you know what khan is like i respect it we're going to come back in an hour and we're going to kill you just so you know and the ultramarine is like what the hell are we doing uh we need to talk him down this is just my men are going to potentially die going up against this fortress that they're still there holding out in. And Khan is like, I can, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kill this guy. But if you had your way, all you're doing is basically enslaving him, crushing all semblance of his culture, and just copy and pasting McCraag onto this world. Now what's you know, and Khan's like, now we're gonna do the same. But I'm at least going to give this guy a chance to let you know to kill me while I do it. Um, very Fair cool time. line. And basically, the ultramarine has a tantrum because Sigismund agrees with him with Khan. So ultramarine is like, we'll speak about this later. And Sigismund is like, all right. And and I, I don't really remember them speaking about it. Ultramarine moment, honestly. And uh, Sigismund. Sigismund gets called the Black Knight by Khan. I don't really know why, because I assume he's in yellow armor.
1: It's it says here on the wiki that it's because of his fighting on the um, on the ring, essentially <laughs> the gladiator pits. Yeah.
0: yeah, I just I don't I don't know why specifically that name. Um, but yeah, as it said on the wiki as well, it's Sigismund's model and artwork. He has uh, he he basically he goes up into a fight and he's like I don't. It's his first fight, I think. And he's like, well, I don't want to lose my sword. So can we tie it to my hand? So Khan gives him the chains. And that's... So Sigismund has always had chains wrapped to keep his sword with him. And that explains why. Because it's something he picked up from Khan. Which is cool. And sort of a final third of the book. He... This is the part I, I wish you maybe hadn't read. But basically they go to this planet and it's like it's awful and this 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 sort of city is there's just piles of flesh in it and they're like, what the fuck has happened here? And there's a sick moment where it's like the fog parts and it's like, ah, what are you what are you doing here? And there's this like Night Lord lent up Against a pillar with his arms folded, and and Fafnirans like, ah, oh, Sevatar, you son of a bitch, and it's and the problem is for you, Varela, is I don't think we've really touched on Sevatar on the podcast. Sevatar who? He <laughs> appeared in Fulgrim, where Maybe. he's the first. He's the he is the first person to ever say death to the False Emperor. Oh. Okay, and it's kind of a big deal, um. But he's just some guy, but then in Aaron dembski Bowden's Thramus Crusade stuff, he's like a badass who surfs a spacecraft fighter through space, um. Literally, he like literally rides a rides on the canopy of a starfighter. Uh, into a Dark Angel ship to try and aid Kurz at the end of the Framus Crusade, and he and Kurz throws him under the bus. So you know when, um, you know when the Lions left his intercom on and he's about to kill Kurz in the belly of a Dark Angel ship, and yeah, yeah. So Sevatar is captured because Kurz throws him under the bus so that Kurz can run into the belly of the ship, and Sevatar gets captured as a result. But he's a very cool character. Um, He's, um, I think the guys at the Heresy Lodge described him as Deadpool of the Horus Heresy, and that's basically it. Um, and Sigismund, I feel like Sigismund basically comes to blows with another night lord, and um, he like doesn't turn the power field of his sword on, and it's basically some some exchange and. and uh, a and like Sevatar's like, he's just saying stuff like, ah, oh, Sigismund, I'd hate to like you, so don't do that. Uh, and basically, all, all these little quips. And Sigismund, you know, kind of, I think Sevatar doesn't really expect him. And Sig- Sigismund is basically, um, and, you know, he's like, right, let's just settle this you little bitch. And this, I think this is coming full circle with his whole Night Lord's resentment thing. And, they have a fight, but it's actually, um, it's kind of all a ruse. He basically, it's a, so they do it gladiatorial style. So him and Fafnir chain themselves together, and Sevatar and another bitch boy of the Famous Crusade, um, who Corswain fights, um, tie themselves together. And it's actually all to get, um, is that what's what they actually do? Is they basically they fight for hours, but it's all a distraction so that the um, so that the Imperial fists can go around and tell the Night Lords to stop the murder. Full stop. I guess stop the murder. Uh, stop yeah. the uh, you know what? the, the this all this horrible flaying they're doing across the planet, um, and to get Rogel Dawn to come and have words, and. Um, so they fight, and this is what Sigismund was like: a thousand cuts, a thousand cuts. So he's just trying; he's just like constantly getting closer to Sevatar. They're having this sick duel, and in the end, Sevatar just headbutts him, as it says on the Lexicon, which yeah, is which something I not think. Allowed. I think this was something that was. I swear this was out before this book came out. I swear that was a little lore knowledge, because like Sigismund is like undefeated in in a in dueling standards, uh, hence him being the goat, and the only time he was ever technically handed it was a dq because Sevatar headbutted him um but sigismund had him beat basically so sigismund still the goat, um and he was like look sigismund you know you can be you can be nice and all that but at the end of the day when it's when it's time to fight the gloves are off and I'm, you know, you just got to be doing whatever you need to to win. And he teaches Sigismund an important lesson. So I really hope Sigismund like kicks Savitar in the balls in the Siege of terror That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty cool. And it ends with Ulanor. Ulanor, um, obviously, an important thing. And it's really interesting because it has uh, Sigismund uh, noted notes that right before the big parade, the night before. Rogel Dorn is summoned now now Sigismund is now first captain of the Imperial Fist and master of the Templars and he and Rogel Dorn is summoned by the Emperor the night before the parade and they, they are in the Emperor's chamber for the whole night and Rogel Dorn comes out the next the next morning and he's like kind of looks a little bit sad and they're like right well what's you know what's happening my lord and he sort of says he's along the lines of, you know, everything um, that needs to happen is, is set. Everything has been set in motion that is going to happen going forward and everything's prepared, basically. And it's quite interesting because I think, I don't know about you, but I I think it's always been considered that if there were to be a war master, the Empress choices were Rogaldorn, Gilliman or Horus, right?
1: No, nah, I think Sanguinius was probably above... Two of those. Yeah. Uh, it's more that Sanguinius would probably say no.
0: The other Primarchs never can cons- I never hear the other Primarchs say Sanguinius. Because it, but, but they I, I think, think most Primarchs like, most the- Primarchs are coming up from the the ability to command and I like lead like lead military forces. Whereas like Sanguinius would be the best. The nicest. Sanguinius is a nice guy, right?
1: Yeah, but does, wait, wait, doesn't Jagatai explicitly say he hoped for Sanguinius to get that place?
0: Oh, okay, that, right, here, it, there it is. I was like, where's the bias here? <laughs> there like, is oh, no it's, bias, but It's like, jagatai's, jagatai's, choice. Oh, I see. No,
1: no, nobody, nobody else really says, oh, it should have been Gilliman," or it should have been Dorne. It's either, oh, it should have been Horus. There's that one that goes, oh, it should have been Sanguinius, or there's people that just go like, ah, it should have been me! <laughs>
0: Um, nah well, I feel like whenever conversations about who could have been Warmaster come up, it's it's those three. I think Sanguinus would never take it. But you're right, Sanguinus would just never take it, so he's yeah. kind of out of the running from the sense that he just wouldn't do it. Um, I think like I think the line for th- it should have been him.
1: Yeah, Angron too. <laughs> Angron. Angron. <laughs>
0: The ultimate uh, alternate universe that everyone wants to see is just Angron ordering everyone to attack planets. Like, send everyone, um, kill them all, or just only sending himself, which would probably be should um, probably be what actually happens. Everyone else would just be containment, and he'd get to go and kill everyone. Bro, I need to um, show you
1: a meme after this now that you've reminded me of
0: so it seems like dawn i don't know i don't really know how to interpret it and you haven't read the book but um it seemed like maybe Rogel wanted it to be him i you know i don't know and after the imperial parade sigismund actually sees the big e up close so it's quite interesting cuz like he does, Sigismund is down on the floor at Ullinor with everyone else and he sees the Big E and it's like big ball of golden light man. And then when the Khan's having a chuckle with Sanguinius and Magnus, they're all coming down the steps. Like Sigismund's waiting like a dad at the end of school, I guess, to pick up Rogaldorn. Um <laughs> And Big E's just there and he's just, he's just vibing um, and he's much more understated to the point that Sigismund didn't initially realize. Um, so, like, the Emperor's, like, switched to, like, an under-the-radar mode, if, I, if that can be done. Because at the end of the day, he's still, like, a nine-foot-tall guy in golden armor. But I guess that's just his power, right? You can just switch to incognito mode.
1: <laughs> I suppose so.
0: Um, and it's really interesting, because Dawn basically gathers imperial fist commanders and says we're uh, we're going to go back to terror we're not going to go on the emperor's going back to terror he wants me there to look after terror he wants you lot with me so we're going to draw down from the great crusade and we're all going to go home to the soul system and uh it's kind of like they it says along the lines of like the imperial fist all stand there with their faces of stone um which from the outside everyone just perceives to be how they always look but in reality what that's i think the subtext john french is going for there is that they are not happy um at all i think they'll do it they obviously do it but the the face of stone is just sort of like this very almost disappointment i think that they're going to go back and stand on a wall because that's not what they were in the great crusade they were like a reaction force were very powerful yeah okay Um, okay sure sure Uh, Sure.
1: banana boy lover (laughs) do you need to send you the
0: receipts for that
1: there are no receipts there are no Horus heresy
0: black books and the libra starties
1: yeah okay you're making names up now as
0: a as a true warhammer fan
1: you're making names up now (laughs) show me your minions
0: call yourself a fan
1: yeah uh, i I, i you know you know I have a bunch of minis. I just can't show them to you right now. I lended them to my little They brother. go to another school. They <laughs> <laughs> go
0: to another school. My minis go to another school. Um. So yeah, so they're, they're sort of withdrawn and, and, and that's sort of where the book there's a lot more sort of inside the head of Sigismund and this is all happening as remembrances, but it basically comes down to you know, it's kind. Of, Sigismund kind of has this mentality of someone will always need to go, and that person might as well be me. Um, I don't, you know, he's. I don't think he's like this massive. I don't think he has this massive ego. He's just of the opinion it. I I can do the job, because I'm the goat, and well, he doesn't <laughs> think that, but we know it. So it's like send me, because we just know it, we know it will work, and I hope he kicks ass in the siege. I'm okay. very excited.
1: So in conclusion, uh, Sigismund is just lucky that the Raven Guard didn't turn traitor because he lose to Sharokin. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah, Sharokin needs patched. He needs to be patched. No, Sharokin is the. Uh, cross the the Sharakan is the um, ballistas or whatever they're called, the big giant crossbows that shoot the dragons in Game of Thrones. They like, I, I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones. Basically, in the final season, these dragons they're all like flying around, and like two of them get like shot, or, or one uh, sorry, one of them, 15. yeah, I've one 15. one of them gets like insta killed just out of nowhere. They're out on the open ocean. Haven't seen these ships right by right by them and get one the dragon gets one tapped and then uh oh and and the writer's excuse for it was oh uh the daenerys who's obviously the dragon lady she forgot about the iron fleet (laughs) so she forgot she forgot. and in this in like the start of the episode they're like we gotta watch out for the iron fleet because we don't know where they are (laughs) and then so then in the finale She's like attacking, or like the penultimate episode, she's attacking the capital, which has like 50 of these things on on the walls. And also, um, like, there's a, like 100 ships in the harbor that all have them. And she just attacks out of the sun and in the initial run. And apparently, that's enough that she just destroys all of them and they don't even come close to shooting the down on her final dragon. Uh, so the patch notes, heavy nerf. Uh, and that'll happen for Sharokin if he shows up later, uh, if he shows up again. Heavy nerf probably dies.
1: No, Praise no. The Lord. you know, I think he's actually going to come back in 40 K and he's going to manage to kill Fulgrim.
0: Yeah. He is actually Corax. It's an Alpharis situation. Corax <laughs> is dead and it's actually just Sharrakin.
1: Yeah. It's just Sharrakin going ham in the warp right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll see Sharrakin again. I hope so. He's on that ship, the Sisypheum, right?
1: Uh, maybe ship? i oh, on production.
0: So. uh well that's one of the novellas gmac did a novella i think it was his first novella called like sons of a sisypheum anyway okay. i'm excited we're getting closer to the siege have you started slaves to darkness
1: I-, I have not oh
0: okay well i'm like several hours in it's pretty cool it's a lot of bad guys the ultramarines are in it and they're very scary, which is cool. Um, the unstoppable forces in motion. Bobby G on the warpath. Uh, so I'm excited to cover that next week. Uh,
1: question mark.
0: Ne- next week, full stop. Uh, <laughs> quick, 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 double like question ready. mark. <laughs> um, yeah, and we get we get to the siege, and we get to see Sigismund be the goat again. And Varela has, it will be undeniable this time. Um, so, Every
1: single book of the Siege where Sigismund shows up, I, I I will rate a 2 out of 10, just to spite you.
0: Okay. Damn. It's like you don't want authors to come on this show.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, man.
0: John, you... don't listen to this guy. You knocked it out of the park.
1: Hey, man. All He's you got to do is not write Sigismund, Sigismund easy.
0: It's a great book. Um... We're going to be doing a drinking game for the Siege. Every time Sigismund does something cool, we drink. I'm going to be hammered. Vral's going to be completely sober. (laughs) Um, So.
1: Okay, so we do it like this, okay? Every time Sigismund does something cool, you drink. Every time uh, a White Scar does something cool, I drink.
0: Okay, so I'm going to be hammered. Vral's going to be completely sober. (laughs) What Um, the hell? Hello? We'll see you guys soon for Slaves to Darkness. Thank you for listening to our little. Spin-off episode. Uh, Varela closes out, as we're contractually obliged to. Yes. Don't mess it up this time.
1: I'd like to uh, thank all of our Discord members uh, for for being there and talking. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I I, I know it this time. I I remembered. Uh, I'm actually thanking all the people that uh, are following us on Twitter. Uh, Dude, (laughs) we're over a thousand now. Can you believe it? Bro, just a week away. <laughs> you know that meme. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thank you to all our patreons. Your help is much appreciated, and a special thank you to Sal's for being the true goat. Unlike uh, what was his name again? I feel like we were just talking about him, but I don't remember his name. A- anyways, yeah, th- uh, thank you to all of all of you supporting us on over on Patreon. Your help is much appreciated, and yeah, that's it.
0: Well done. You did it. It is goodbye from me and from Varela. I'll see you. Bye now.